0: Robin and I were both independent travel advisors before we ever had a discussion about working as a partnership and launching Teak. We were used to operating alone and without having to consider every decision as a collaboration. Admittedly, this transition can be hard if there is not a foundation of trust.
1: Today, we're taking a detour from the solopreneur path and diving deep into the realm of dynamic duos. So if you've ever wondered how to find your perfect partner in crime or maintain harmony amongst the chaos, you're in for a treat. Get ready to join us as we have an honest conversation about what we believe are the important aspects of having a successful business partnership.
0: Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teeth. We're obsessed with practically
1: anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional...
0: We grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins.
1: We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat and join us to talk all things travel and business.
0: All right. So we're going to start off talking about the foundation of a strong partnership, because if you've listened to the podcast before, you understand that Rob and I didn't start out in our relationship strictly as business. We met each other more in a community setting and it organically grew to a relationship of friendship and then ultimately trust and business. So I want to say that because I think it's really important to understand that a lot of people may meet someone and think, we should go into business. Or they think with their best friends, like we should go into business. Robin and I, when we met in that community platform, it was our sorority and there were still roles to find. So I think it's pretty organic that we both are used to having a relationship where someone has a specific role and we balance each other in that way. I don't think that's always the case with best friends. So I think it's a challenge, particularly in pure friendships, where people struggle to find specific roles and not cross over into the other because you want to like hype the other person, you get excited about things, and it just can get a little blurry. So we wanted to have this episode where we talk about what we think are the core tenets of creating a solid partnership and why, with some personal flair thrown in. So the first thing is a relationship of openness and honesty. And this is something that it sounds so simple to say, but when there's any disagreement or any relationship tension, it can be a challenge to be open and honest about how you're feeling because you never want to make someone else, one, feel bad if you have a positive relationship with them or put them on the defense. And Business and money make people real funny, especially when your brand is a tied to, and I'll just say it, like your ego. When your business is personal, it becomes part of you. It becomes part of your ego. And then there's money involved. And it's like this perfect storm of actual disaster if you let it be. And that's why people say like, don't mix business and friends. Obviously, Robin and I have a different take. I'll say from my perspective, I love our relationship and that's isn't to say there aren't tense moments that we have to work through. So again, this is an honest conversation. I don't think we've ever really naturally talked about like what our partnership looks like to the external eye or analyzed our partnership really. So this is you're you're coming along for the conversation. The next thing that we'll dive into deeper is a balance of skills and responsibilities. If you know us, Robin and I have very different skills. Like Robin is So great at anything aesthetic, strategic, marketing eye. She loves trainings and continuing education. I admittedly don't because when I get good at something, I just want to like use that thing until it, it like doesn't serve me anymore. I also like operational and team management. So there are different skill sets that we balance each other out at. And if we were both doing those things or self-proclaimed both great at those things, we may bump heads even more because then we're competing for what we want to do in the business. The last thing that I want to say, and we don't really want to dive into this too much more in the episode because there's so much to cover, but is financial transparency. It's really important, especially like we refer to this all the time, but think back to COVID. If you had had a partner and you had to make financial decisions to refund someone a planning fee or to fight for that refund, how you were going to split a refund, what you were going to make a claim for, if you were going to dip into your personal savings to keep your business afloat, what would that look like? And would that conversation be uncomfortable? Would it be possible for the other person to dip into their personal finances? Like, that's a hard question to ask. Like, what are your personal finances look like? But it's an important question to have some semblance of knowledge about if you're going to be in a position where, which is business, where there's some risk involved. And then the last thing we just recently had, I would say, it's not a tough conversation because it's part of life. But we talked about if one of the other partners were to pass away and what that looked like to get an insurance policy on the other person so that our spouses could buy these shares out from the other partner so that that spouse was still compensated for all the hard work that that partner had put into the business before their passing. Those are heavy topics. It gets really deep really fast when your livelihood depends on the competency and Really like credibility of someone else and just what they've done with their life preceding you. So we want to dive into this. We're more so going to talk about strengths, roles, trust, honesty, things like that. But it is really important to think about the financial piece and to do that analysis before you ever step foot into a business. So with that being said, let's chat more about the specific strengths and roles. This is something that Robin has always been really finite about. And I'm interested to hear what she says, because it is something that we've really put a lot of focus on specifically for our team as well.
1: Yeah. So first things first, I just, I really, really love partnerships. If you're considering it, I just can't, talk enough about how nice it is to lean on somebody else in your business. Life happens and things come up. Like last year, Jen went on maternity leave and stepped away from the business to be with her baby. But the business kept operating because I was here to take over. Now, at the time of this episode airing, I will probably have already announced that I'm pregnant right now as well. So at the end of this year, I'm going on maternity leave. So the role is reversed. So it's like, instead of feeling this like height of anxiety where it's like, oh my God, what's going on? That's going to happen when I'm gone. All of a sudden, there's just this a layer of a person. And like like we talked about, like we have very different strengths and weaknesses. And I think we had to be very honest and clear about that upfront, laying the foundation for this business because like, originally it wasn't a partnership. I was like working for Jen, which was fine. And like, I definitely didn't feel like I was an employee. Like I felt like I had some like clout in it, but it it was a different transition to go from like, I'm being paid by you to like, now we're paying each other. It was just like an interesting transition. (laughs) As you know, if you've listened to any episodes, I'm a systems person. Jen is more of like a relationships person. And that's just where we each thrive like I would probably do my best work if I didn't talk to the team all day and just was like head down in strategy. And I feel like Jen thrives when there's like a lot of slack commotion going on. Like she loves the <laughs> lottery. <laughs> like I have to turn off. <laughs> all of that to say, I mean, partnerships are incredible. Where my light shines the brightest it is maybe not where Jen's does, and vice versa. But that's like super, super powerful. And so when you're able to like recognize and leverage each person's unique strength and skills. I think that's where you get a really, really strong foundational partnership because that's when you can really grow. If I was only good at systems and I wasn't good at external relationships, I don't think we'd be going to ASTA. Like, I don't think we have all these niche members and suppliers who are dying to get into our community because that was set by Jen. So it's like as much as like, it's great that I can build the thing that's going to make people happy. It's great that Jen can take it and be like, here it is for the world. Like this is why everyone needs it and leverage that. Another reason or another thing that I think worked really well for us is dividing roles. In the beginning, it was it was mush. Like it was kind of like, we're getting started. We don't have employees. We're doing all of it. We're in just grind mode. But once we got set to the place we're at now, which is four employees underneath us, it was super it became super clear that like dividing roles and responsibilities based on our expertises was super important so that I mean we could stay in our zones of genius, but also the team could function because they knew who to go to about certain things. So like the team is never probably gonna come to me about an HR problem or they need time off and they need to know how to put it into gusto. I actually have no idea how to do that myself.
0: But also, we don't want them to because that's bogging you down. Now, if there's a bigger issue, yes, we do want that. And we can talk right. through that. But I agree. I don't want you to get bogged down in that while you're building something out and click up. And I'm not right. going to be able to build something out and click up. I, I wouldn't want you to have to do that. I think that's the beauty of the role is you don't have to do right. the thing you're not great at.
1: And I think it's fun that we're I always look at it as like we're always trying to find ways to like fire ourselves a little bit, whether that's through like delegation or like passing a role over to somebody else. I would love to be fired from all team meetings eventually. Like I don't <laughs> them. I just don't want to run them. They, they really drain me and they cause me anxiety on Monday mornings and I don't like it. So it's like that's something that eventually we'll, we'll work towards having either whether it's Jen or whether it's some sort of like managerial role somebody come in who can like run those that would be my my dream and knowing that like being honest with Jen about that up front like I'm doing it now and it's fine I don't mind it but at some point in time I would love to like fire myself from this
0: role. Growing your team can feel daunting. From creating an employee handbook to processing payroll, there is so much to consider. However, Gusto can simplify it all by acting as your in-house HR professional. Gusto offers various tiers of membership so that you can decide what level of support best fits your organization. Our team trusts Gusto to handle state filings, manage taxes, create our employee handbook, track PTO, and so much more. If you're not an HR pro but need one on your team without the overhead, check out Gusto. Get $100 off when you enroll using our affiliate code found in the show notes.
1: Roles will also change over time. Again, last year, Jen went on maternity leave. This year, I'm going on maternity leave. So it's like I took on a bigger role last year. Towards the end of the year, Jen will take on a bigger role this year. And we did a lot of prep work to get our business prepared for that system, that transition of like two to one. Because four people is a lot to manage. It's not, you know, Target and like all those crazy million, millions of dollars and thousands of employees type of business, but four people's a lot to manage. And keeping your finger on the pulse of what each team member is doing on top of day-to-day operations, it can be a lot. So making sure there's things set up. But I think the best place for a relationship to really thrive, because like I'm happiest in my zone, Jen's happiest in her zone. What are those zones look like? Define them and then stick to them knowing who's managing those external partnerships knowing who's taking on the marketing and the strategy role knowing who's talking sales and like all of that that's super important and when that's not defined it gets sticky it's not like a weird i mean it can be a weird way if like you guys the personalities can be a little tense i think me and jen kind of both have go with the flow personalities to an extent i think i'm definitely a little bit more stuck in my ways than most but i think that like once those are defined it just gets easier to build off of, you know? Yeah, I agree
0: with that. And I do think that to your point, if you are an incredibly rigid person, a partnership is more challenging. We Mm -hmm. have had that ebb and flow in seasons of life and will continue to do so for the rest of our partnership. I mean, that's just the nature of life. And you have to go into this knowing that life happens and someone has to be understanding of your circumstances. That doesn't mean give grace in every misstep. If someone's missing deadlines and things like that and your ability to make money depends on their productivity and they're missing the mark on that, that's a different conversation. But giving grace when there's seasons of life and having the ability to say, I got you, step away whether it's a day and you need a mental health day because things are just too heavy or you need three months because you're bringing a new human into the world. Like just the ability to do that I think is really powerful and I feel more secure in my business than I ever did as a host agency owner because I know that I have the security of someone else saying like championing me. Like she's always on my team. And you have to know that someone is always going to be on your team. I do think that things go sideways. Where I think they go sideways is people don't have these honest conversations at the beginning of the partnership. They have a very idealistic view of what it's going to be. And it's all going to be fun. And you're going to make millions of dollars. And you're going to live happily ever after. That's unrealistic. And it's also unrealistic to expect that of any relationship in your life. It's not like you go into a marriage thinking you guys are going to like each other and love each other every single day. And so when you flip it and you're like, actually, I'm going to be with my business partner more than I'm going to be with my spouse a lot of the time, hopefully not, work-life balance, but (laughs) it makes you realize that going into a business partnership is the same weight as a marriage because your financial health relies on them, your day-to-day happiness relies on them, your entire world relies on this person as much as it does your spouse. and. If you think it's lighter than that, if you think it's more fun than that, then I would challenge you to step back. What I wish we'd done and what I've told everyone else that has gone into a partnership is get a business mentor that you trust in the beginning and almost have them like premarital counseling therapy it out with you. Like, how do you work best? What are the boundaries that are important to you? What are your personal goals with this business? Being able to have that and have this mediator makes it less Personal in a way, I guess. And I'm still open to that. Like, I th- Robin and I both love self care. So, like, that's totally something we would geek out on. And we've always wanted to do like a business partnership retreat. I've searched for them, I cannot find them. So, if anyone knows of any, please drop that in the comments of the blog post or email us or something. We both love the self care component. And it's something that I don't think too many people realize is just as important as a premarital counseling session. I think there should be like almost pre-business
1: partners counseling
0: sessions. Me and Hunter did
1: a pre-marriage like counseling and it was incredible. We had to take all these like personality assessments. We sat down and we each looked at the results and talked through it with a therapist about like, what does this mean? So it's like now Hunter knows like when I come to him with these big, crazy ideas where I want to run away to wherever and open up this cool studio thing, like he can't shut me down right away because that hurts. Like that like feels like a personal attack to be like, no, we can't this massive wedding venue business in Tennessee. That doesn't make any sense. We have no capital. And instead, he has to be like, that's a cool idea. And then when it gets down to logistics, he's the one who's like, well, what happens first is we need this loan and that loan, and we need to do this and that. And I'm like, blah, details. I don't want to talk about those right now. I just want to (laughs) be And it's probably never going to go anywhere. There's a good chance it'll never happen. But to me, it's just like the fun of dreaming. So that was like a big and I and while we were going through all of these like results together with the therapist, I was like, damn, this would be really cool to do with Jen. You are with your partner. You're with your I mean, I'm with our employees more than I am with my husband sometimes. So definitely worthwhile and getting to know each other and having those honest conversations when things do feel a little funky. Cause obviously <laughs> no partnership is perfect. There's always going to become like disagreements, or not even disagreements, but like Tension, but I think it's important mm-hmm. to be open and honest. Like Jen said, like that communication is so crucial. But the most important thing that I feel that me and Jen always have is that common vision for our business. We can disagree over like how to handle a silly little client issue or, hey, this employee did something and I'm like ready to rip my brains out and just like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, we just need to talk to them. There's things like that where I'm like, oh, why aren't you as mad as me? I feel like we've never had like a big, True knockdown, drag out, blowout, because we have a common vision and that's never changed. The goals of the business, where we want the business to grow, why we started the business, all of that is on like such the same page that those sort of like smaller, like minute detail conflicts aren't really that big of a deal. It's just kind of like done over. You're right. You were right this time. I'll be right next time. Like maybe in my marriage, I'm not as good at this, like admitting I'm wrong, but for whatever reason, I'm a little bit better at being like, yeah, I definitely. Definitely overreacted there. Definitely needed a day step away because that was a very emotionally charged reaction to whatever it is. Anyways, I don't know. But I just don't think that personal conflict, like especially, and me and Jen talk about like, we're obviously good friends. Like there's very, I think she was the very first person I told that I was pregnant other than my mom. So (laughs) she's a very close person to me. Like we've never had personal conflict really bleed over. We've never had like friendship conflict.
0: No, I think that's important. There's no baggage. Like we don't have baggage because we were colleagues as friends. We weren't friends before colleagues, even when we were in the sorority and I was like in an advisory role, you were president. Like I feel like that was still a colleague relationship because we just had different roles, but we were like, again, same vision, same goals. I I think it's interesting that you said that. And I love it being framed as that way because if you. Are working with someone who has a different vision, not just for a business, but also for their life, that's very conflicting. So if someone wants to be like in the grind every day, they're like, I never want to leave this business and I want to build it to be a multi-million dollar company and this is going to be my retirement. I want my kids to take over. And then the other person's like, I'm just trying to make ends meet right now. I want to live a very like healthy, balanced life. Like you can see obviously how like maybe a sense of urgency would be very different for those people. So failing to discuss your personal goals is failing to discuss your business goals is ultimately what it boils down to. And the way that we've stayed centered on this is we do a lot of meetings. I'm going to admit, like for two people that hate meetings, Robin and I do a lot of meetings.
1: I do enjoy them when they're strategy based. I will. Say. Yes.
0: I we just- love them when they're big big picture strategy. And then our chest tightens up when it's very granular and we're getting into the the weeds of things
1: or I'm like, "You needed to say to us could have been an email." Try that next time.
0: Which is why we've implemented Loom because we don't always need a meeting to like screen share something to me, which Thank God for Loom, because I think we'd be on calls way more than we were. When we started the business though, we didn't have weekly meetings, which cracks me up. Like I think back and I'm like, what? What were we doing? We were just going. Like we were just, hey, you good over there? We're we're just doing. I don't think we had Slack. Nope. We were just (laughs) texting each other, which we'll get to that in a minute. We now meet once a week for an exec meeting. We also have our team call. And then we also make space if we need to chat stuff out. A lot of the time, also, when we start a podcast, we have like a little mini meeting. So there's space in there for us to do touch points. But we are on Slack throughout the day. I'm on Slack a lot more. (laughs) Robin does very well with turning notifications off and getting through tasks. And I struggle with that. And so like, I know if she's not responding, she is like deep into something. And she'll come out. She'll surface when she surfaces. If I need her, I know how to get a hold of her. And again, we'll, we'll talk about boundaries in a minute. But if I, if there's ever an emergency, which there rarely is, that's not the way to get someone is Slack. It would be a text. It would be a call. Luckily we've kind of eradicated that and there's no need for that. I have to work out my obsessive compulsion to check Slack and email. And I think that would help me with time management. But I was just being very honest with Robin about my time management this week. I'm feeling very... When my like anxiety flares up, I get more scattered in my thoughts and I just have to like recenter. And I think we both are like this, actually. When we have a messy house, we have a messy brain. Mm -hmm. I have a messy house right now and it's driving me crazy. And I'm like, tonight is the night. I'm going to order pizza, I'm going to clean my house. But like we, we know these things about each other is the point. And we can have these personal conversations that give us this insight to how someone operates on a daily basis in their business. You have to be so perceptive when you have a business partner because you can't just think, this is how I operate and it goes parallel to them there's such an intersection and like a wovenness to your personal habits and your business habits when you're a business partner.
1: 100%. And the honeymoon, just like with marriage, the honeymoon phase will fade, things will come up. I think it's silly to go into and be like, we're never going to have a disagreement. There's things you're going to disagree on. Again, I guess knowing that big North star of your business, that's where I feel like the majority of like really intense conflict comes because like, again, operationally, like we can disagree on whatever and like things are still going to get done. It's all about moving the business to the North Star, how we get there and the way we go about it might change. And you might have a different way of wanting to get there than I do, or vice versa. That takes little like flexing on the other person's behalf, which is fine. I think most partnerships too are made up of women. So women are like naturally a little bit more, they're just better at relationships. I feel like it gets less to a boiling point almost because I don't know. My dad had a business partner and they were like (laughs) oil and vinegar. I'm like, how do y'all even operate? Like him and Joe were like clashing nonstop. And it was like testosterone versus testosterone. And thankfully women are a little bit more like tame. And it's like, I feel that you're a little tense today. What do you need?
0: I I hate that though. It is that stereotypical label of communication. But the reason like, we're going to go psychology here is like, the gender roles start so young and this is maybe we're moving away from this, but there's so many scientific studies talking about how women have actually been nurtured to communicate better and also to be more tolerant, which is not always a good thing. But that foundation that we've been given at such a young age of like, you communicate, you show emotion, you... Compromise your comfort for someone else's. All of these things, they actually do yield very well to being a business partner. Whereas if you have a more, I'll say quintessentially or traditionally masculine kind of upbringing, it can really deter you from that empathetic perspective, I suppose. And I, I mean, I hate that it is that way. I do think we're moving away from that as a, as a society, but for the time being, I think that's why you see a lot of women climbing the ranks in leadership roles because of emotional intelligence and how that's so important in our day and age because the younger generations, we could, I mean, we could dissect this all day, but the younger generations are needing more empathy, understanding, flexibility, all of those things that women have been conditioned to provide. So I would agree with you. That's my like... <laughs> Case study that I just like went down a real rabbit hole. <laughs> case study, it is, and we admit when we're wrong. We won't air out all of our dirty laundry here, but I know when I've hurt feelings or I've made a misstep. And you're you're human. You're going to make a misstep. You're going to lead people in the wrong direction. The ability to say I didn't do right by you in that moment. I'm going to course correct. This is how I'm going to do it and come to the table with a solution. That's where the power comes from. Because if you just are like, well, I'm sorry. And you move on and you don't say like, I'm going to make this adjustment in the future. To me, that there's like a brokenness of trust that comes from that. It's like, well, are you going to continue to do that? And, and I think that does require a lot of self awareness and self reflection of like, this wasn't a balanced choice that I made in this moment especially if you are a 50-50 partnership, like my promise to you is that this is a balanced relationship. So what am I gonna do to kind of tip that scale back? And it's hard to apologize. It's hard to be uncomfortable and to sit in the wrongness of that moment. Sometimes it's hard to be the one on the other side and to accept it too. That's just relationships though. That's friendships, that's marriages, and that's surely business Relationships, and you have to remember: if you're going into a business partnership with someone that one has never had a business before, and two has never been in a business partnership before, they're going to misstep for sure. They're you're not going into business with an organizational development specialist. I mean, we actually both came from HR, so kind of, but <laughs> you're still human, and you're naturally going to create a conflict.
1: Yeah, it's just part of it. Like no matter how long you're in business, I mean, things just come up, and like it could be as something as catching somebody on the wrong day. There's just like random times like that and and knowing and recognizing and being like, okay, that was that was not me, but also like, hey, yeah, like, yeah, I shouldn't have called. We should have talked about it at a different time or something like that.
0: I think that's something that
1: we both do pretty well. For we sure. step that's away.
0: So well. yes. And I love that about us. We are like very cognizant of when we need to step away. And just the other day, we we got some feedback. We were having a hard day. And we were both like, just, (laughs) I I went silent because that's what we did. We got off the call and we didn't even message each other on Slack at all. We were just like, we're just going to let the other person breathe and sit in this for a minute. And sometimes you need to come back to it. I don't think that either of us have combative personalities by any means where we're like, no, I want to talk about this right now in this moment. Like we both recognize what the other person needs to come to the table with a better frame of mind. And it's not about how you solve conflict. It's about how the other person solves conflict. And if you recognize that nothing positive is gonna come from that moment, you need to step away and you need to honor what works for that person and what's ultimately gonna get you to the goal. Like, what is the goal? Define that in your brain too. Like if there's a conflict, okay, what's the best outcome? And then you can make a path just like any other goal in your business. What's the best outcome from this? What do I need to be? How do I need to show up in this moment? And sometimes that's simply how can I be there for you, even if the answer is nothing, because personal is going to impact your business. So being there for someone as a human is always going to be the most important for their productivity. No one can be productive if you're like not in your best self. And that's
1: why, again, why I just love partnerships. Like I just recognize that things can come up. And like, I have somebody to lean on. And like, I don't know, I think people get really, really nervous about partnerships. And they're like, how is this going to work? Am I going to fight with this person? And it's like, maybe sometimes, but at the same time, if you get the right person in a partnership, it's like, I would never I don't think I could ever do business alone. It's such an isolating experience to like run a business and launch a business and start a business
0: and like, Failing alone, that's just, it's hard. I agree. If you are running this alone and you're like, okay, well, now I feel like I need a business partner. That's not necessarily what we're saying either, but maybe find a business mentor that you can have this relationship with and they can share the celebration of milestones with you. Or I don't want to say an assistant, but maybe like a assistant manager type role that like you view as an equal that you can bounce ideas off of because that's what it boils down to is, is there skin in the game for them? Are they sharing the vision that you have? Are they hyping you up in the moments? And are you hyping them up in the moments? And are you being respectful that someone else has life happening at the same time and giving them the freedom to have life? That's the importance of a partnership. I know we were just talking about like, conflict, but sometimes conflict doesn't even have to be like communication doesn't have to be conflict. And we say this all the time. And there are sometimes that that Robin and I have been on calls and the vision, like she said, is always the same. The how, maybe we have a difference of that. And I'll be like, I'm not comfortable with that. But the framing of saying that versus saying like, no, I don't that agree. Would- like shutting someone down. That is, I don't think we've ever, either of us have ever been like that with each other.
1: No, definitely not. And I'm super thankful for that. I just think you need to approach business partnerships through like, it's different than friendship, but like people say all the time, like a marriage crumbles when the friendship crumbles, like we stop treating each other like friends in a relationship. Uh We start treating each other like husband and wife or spouses. And and that's when like things end. But I I think the same thing comes from partnerships. You always have to have that mutual respect, like Jen mentioned, but like that friendship to be like, I don't want to hurt Jen. I never want her to feel like I don't support her. I always support her in anything she wants to do, whether that's going to the moon or launching a new product. Like I support her and just there might be some kinks to work out along the way, but we'll do it because we have each other. Yeah. she might have a cooler, different idea. And it's like a fun little, I don't know. It's just always a song and dance. Always a little dance. It is a song and dance.
0: And it's like, okay, well, let's marinate on that. Like we even step back from the non-confrontational stuff, even if it's like a big idea. I think big ideas come from small ideas. You know, like they just, they kind of snowball, especially with us. And sometimes we literally put on the calendar, big ideas meeting. Like that's the label of the meeting. And it's just like this brain dump we also do a roadmap meeting. So we do a quarterly check-in essentially. like We are going to add a financial review, which we were doing previously with our CFO, but now we're going to do it together, which I'm really excited about because it allows us to have conversation about the finances rather than someone driving the conversation and us consuming the information. I'd rather have conversations with Robin about like, okay, this didn't work out for us this month because we spent this on this, you know, spent this on this. Let's... Remove this cost in the future. Let's increase pricing here. Let's push this product. Like being able to talk through finances without someone else telling us what to do is going to give us more control over our business. That's not to say we won't bring her back. I actually spoke with her the other day for a tax issue and I was like, can you do a, like a quarterly consult where we just like do a check in? She's like, sure can. So having that third party, I think is helpful many times, but having. The freedom to speak with each other on those things is also really powerful. The one thing I want to say before we move on, we talked about like sharing that vision. I'm admittedly not great at celebrating goals. And this is something that I think Robin and I could probably even be better at as a unit is like defining our annual roadmap and then assigning a celebration to each milestone that we hit. We're just going and we're celebrating each other randomly where we're like, we're really proud of ourselves and we'll like slack each other and be like, go team. But actually stepping back and being like, we're going to reward ourselves this way if we do this. And that could be like an afternoon off with a massage. Like I I don't even know what it is. It could be we're going to reward ourselves by doing something personal or we're going to reward ourselves by booking an extra brand shoot because we love having new content. It could be anything that like fills your cup up and we could reward ourselves by getting together. I'm three hours from Robin, but we barely see each other by taking ourselves out for a dinner where we don't talk about anything business. And we just like connect because it's kind of like how they say, like with parents, the home it goes so much better if the if the parents have this strong foundation. And so I'm like, we're the parents, it feels like sometimes. And like sometimes we need to like get back to our relationship to make sure that everyone that we interact with is feeling the vibes that we have with each other. We have to vibe on each other daily. And there's gonna be a season where maybe they're distracted with personal stuff and there's not the the bandwidth to vibe, but like you always have to come back to it. That's also life is there's always this very cyclical nature to it, but putting it on the calendar, celebrating your wins, however you want that to be. If you want to share that with the team, if it's financial, if it's emotional, if it's time, like what's our, what's our love language? Like you, they're actually, they do have a business love language book. I mean, like taking your love language, applying it to celebration and actually holding yourself to it it's so easy to just be like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And not pause and celebrate like, oh, we took this thing from infancy, this concept that was just like a weird little brainstorm on a Thursday afternoon where we were sick of COVID cancellations. And now we have a team of six people and we've served a thousand travel advisors in the industry and we're speaking at industry events and like we look back and we're like, How did we get here? Because, like, there was never the pause to celebrate the wins along the way. It's just like been this whirlwind, which we're so grateful for. But I think that's something, if I were to share a goal for next year, would be like, let's actually define milestones and celebrations that tie to that, that resonate with us and our team. One thing that Robin and I do, I'll just set the tone for this because Robin's going to take it from here but we are super respectful of each other's boundaries. We didn't start that way. It was an evolution as we like saw triggers from each other. And I don't mean like we like, you know, neither of us like reacted in this strong way, but it became really evident to us that we needed to have more balance as our business became more consuming and full-time if we were going to have a long-term relationship with each other and our spouses and our business.
1: (laughs) Well- I'm like very big on like, if you talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. And we talk so much about boundaries. Like we talk and we hit advisors over the head with all this stuff about you needing boundaries. And then I feel like there was one point in time and again, it was right when teeth launched, So it's to be expected that there was lots to do, but we're going back and forth and we're texting each other. And I'm like, well, this sucks. Like this is hard. Yeah. First of all, I'm not good with my phone. I don't have my phone on me in the majority of the time. And when I do, it's on like a certain type of focus. So I can't get texts. And it was just like kind of draining. And Hunter, we were dinner or something, or I was almost done with work, and he's like, "Jen is blowing you up," and I'm like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and I was like, "But also, yeah, like I don't like that, like because then it does get weird, because it's like you're talking business in a text message that's also somewhat personal. So now it's very defined where it's like if it's business, it's on Slack. So like even when Jen has like shower ideas and it's on Saturday morning, she'll slack it to me so that I can like see it during the week. But if it's like important or it's personal, it's a check in via text because that's where friends go to like check in with me. So I, I really like that divide because it does keep work work and personal personal and allows us to maintain both a business partnership and like a personal relationship. And the, the line doesn't get weird or fuzzy at all, because we're both big on that. I have a family. She has a family. Our families deserve the best of us. And there's there's a time for the business. And then there's a time for not the business. So I really, really love that Slack. Or it could be if you have an agency or you have a bunch of employees, it could be a Facebook group. I know people use those. Okay. But something that's not your direct line of communication, like a, a cell phone or something like that. Because even email, I mean, again, I don't check email very often. Beginning of the day, the end of the day probably in the middle of the day too. But that's really it. So email isn't the greatest place to reach me. So Slack is our just like free flowing ideas and people and there's the water cooler in there. So when someone has like something funny happen to them during the day, or they find a funny meme or a reel on Instagram, it's like dropped in there. And that's fun. But I really, really, I like the divide of work and business, but respecting the relationship too. I just think it it sets everyone else up for success,
0: you know? I mean, we've all been there where someone has texted us and it's derailed our entire like emotional balance of a situation. So why would, so we had a, a situation that happened outside of work hours last week and I kept it in Slack because one, I felt like I could handle it. Two, I saw it. So I was in control of checking Slack. I didn't go to a personal platform I would have handled it if someone hadn't responded. So this this was kind of a team effort to fix the solution or to find the solution. But we kept it in Slack because it felt respectful that one, I'm an owner. I'm capable of handling it. I don't want to interrupt Robin's evening if I've seen it. And I know she would do the same. If she had seen it, it would have been the same situation where she handled it and she would have let me have my evening. So just Even if it involves other team members, like letting someone have the space and giving them the ability to check in when they have the ability to check their Slack or want to check their Slack, that's, I think, one of our strongest assets of our partnership is just respecting that. I've spoken to so many business partners in the industry that they think because the industry is this 24-7 thing. They they can't create boundaries and they can't have Slack. And they're like, oh, no, text works fine for us. Or we keep it on WhatsApp so it's kind of contained, which my message to that is if you have any personal messaging coming through the same platform that you have business messaging coming from, it's pollution to your peace. Like you are not protecting your piece, It's pollution to your peace. I would not send Robin a text message on Saturday morning anymore of a business idea or, hey, on Tuesday, remind me to talk about this with you. There's just not a need for it. And it's almost an excuse to not have an intranet or another platform where you're storing information if you're using text. And I'll elaborate on that. We use ClickUp. We have a standing template for our Wednesday exec meeting, where we brain dump all week long all the things that we want to talk about in that meeting. If it's a non-urgent situation, it goes there. Obviously, if it's urgent, it goes in Slack. But if it is a non-urgent situation, it goes and lives in ClickUp until we address it on that weekly meeting. Now, it's very easy to just Slack her all of those thoughts. But one again, I also think that's pollution to the daily routine. So it's not just like personal business. It's personal business big picture is kind of how we section it out, like personal business urgent business big picture. So we kind of have these three different tiers. So if you are using text as an alternate to storing information someone else, somewhere else, I would challenge you to find a solution. It can be free. It does not have to be complex. It could be Trello. It could be ClickUp. I think ClickUp is the best solution for a departmental organization as every business is and should be because you have finances, you have the client experience, you have marketing, all of these things are are tiered out. But if you want it to be even simpler than that, and you just want to keep it on a shared sticky note that has a template, do that, whatever it is. And I, I'm not recommending that, okay, and just for the record. But if you have nothing in place, that's better than having nothing in place. Create a system that takes your relationship out of imposing on someone's daily happiness when they might, you know, for lunch, they might have gone and met a friend. So it might be in business hours, but they might have stepped away from their business. They might be getting a massage and treating themselves some. I don't know what Robin's doing on a daily basis. And that's okay. Most of the time she's at her desk and she's on Slack anyway. But if she steps away, I want to give her the space to do that because she has a justified reason to be stepping away. And it's not my prerogative to interrupt that time. I wouldn't want that from a business partner or a manager in any other industry. If you were to flip the role and you say like, if I were in the corporate environment, would I accept this? This is what I always have to ask myself. If I were in the corporate role, would I accept a job where I don't know what the pay is and give myself like pay whenever there's available money in the bank account? The answer is no. So I wouldn't do that as a travel advisor either would I ever accept a job where my boss was constantly texting me instead of creating some kind of system that held our communications or an organization of information? The answer is no. So I wouldn't want to do that in my small business. When you frame it like that, you take away the excuses of, well, we're not big enough to do X, Y, Z. You have to create structure, even if it is yourself, you have to have structure, but more so you have to have respect for each other. 100%.
1: 100%. I think it's easier for us to enforce boundaries with each other because we both have very similar ideas on what success for us in our business looks like. If you're listening to this podcast. You are no stranger to the fact that I love organization. The reality is that organization isn't everyone's strong suit, but it's necessary to have a healthy business. So and Automation is truly the only way to run a company as a solopreneur. That is why we use ClickUp the all-in-one platform designed to revolutionize your workflow and take your small business to new heights. With ClickUp, you can say goodbye to scattered information, endless email chains, and missed deadlines. Streamline your tasks, projects, and client communication all in one place. ClickUp's intuitive interface and customizable features allow you to tailor the platform to fit your unique business needs. From project management to client collaboration, you'll have all the tools you need at your fingertips. With our growing team, this platform has been a game changer for the way that we run our internal operations. With ClickUp, Jen and I can assign tasks to the team members, track their progress, and keep everybody on the same page. On real-time updates and notifications, you'll never miss a beat. Stay ahead of deadlines with automated reminders and easily delegate responsibilities, freeing up your time to focus on what you do best, creating unforgettable travel experiences for your clients. Ready to revolutionize your travel business? Visit ClickUp.com using the affiliate link in our show notes and discover the power of streamlined productivity. Sign up for a free trial and see firsthand how ClickUp can transform your workload and take your business to new heights. In full transparency, if we run a million dollar business and we're constantly making hand over fist, but we are never leaving our desk and our families never see us and we're always like stressed out and angry, that's not a business I want. And that's not a business either of us wants. Like I would rather make less money, bring in a little bit less income, and have more balance in our lives. I would rather our employees have more balance in our lives than to just be constantly grinding 24-7. That just that's not sustainable and that's not appealing to either one of us. So honoring how each person works and what that success looks like, I think is just it goes back to having all those open and honest conversations on the very front end. Because there's been constantly, multiple times in our business where we're like, oh my God, this service would kill. Like we would just rake up if we entered this service. And it's like, yeah, but then we'd be on our phones 24-7 and like we'd be, you know, at the beck and call of clients 24-7. And that's not what this <laughs> this whole goal is. So, it. um, so it's easy to have that like kind of checks and balance too, where it's it's like, ah, uh, no. Does this feel right? Like, is this going to be successful? Maybe. Does it feel right? Does it feel aligned? No. Like, same thing with the business idea. Like, is this is this thing? This conflict? This issue? This client upset with us? This whatever? Is this going to make or break our business? And can it wait until Monday at nine o'clock when Jen's in the office? Yes or no? If it can't, and it's something that's like so dire, where like somebody's about to sue us, please, Jen, text me. Like, please. please. <laughs> I promise, I will. I will. <laughs> that immediately, but. If it's not, yeah, Monday's fine. We were from the travel world. So the travel, everything feels very emergency based, but most things are very flexible.
0: I mean, of course that we're not going to, we don't employ that philosophy to the detriment of like client happiness. I think there have been two times that we've had emergencies on weekends and we've tended to both of them. Otherwise we will push back just like we try to practice what we preach. And we're like, this will be a priority first thing Monday morning, and we assure them that it's going to be a priority and we make it a priority. The last thing I want to say though, I didn't even think about this until we're in this moment, but Robin and I have always been honest about if we get to a point where this no longer fits our vision for our lives, is are we at the point that we want to sell the business or do we want to hire a GM so that we step away and we're more of like a board? We've on multiple occasions done like a pulse check with each other and been like, all right, how are you feeling right now? I sense that you're overwhelmed. What does that mean for you in this moment? Like, what are you wanting from the business? Do you want to solve the problem? Do we want to look towards the future? Do we want evaluation? Like, we're not there. I'm not saying that. So like, if anyone's listening and they're like, But you have my workflow implementation coming up. We're not selling our (laughs) business. (laughs) But you have to keep we, you just, it's respectful to allow someone to express that they may want a change. Like I sold my travel business, so it's not outside the realm of possibilities that someone could want out of a business that they created. And that doesn't mean they don't love it. It just means that something in their lives shifted. So if you are in a partnership, I would say like, what's our end goal? Do we want to sell this? Is this? a legacy that we want to have and pass down to generations below us? Like what's our big picture vision? And when do we have honest conversations that that vision has shifted? Because it is something that I feel like I could go to Robin with and be like, I think things have changed for me. And it's again, back to that framing. It's all about how you you say things because like telling someone you want out is very jarring. Like that would put so much pressure on Robin to be like, okay, so now I have to buy you out. I don't have the capital saved up to do that. Or are we selling like what you need an exit strategy and you need to look at it from all angles. And I would say that's something to talk through with the mentor and your premarital business counseling is like, what would this look like if it comes to fruition? Also, Robin and I have a very good business partnership agreement signed and dated. We didn't just go into this and we're not naive to think that things couldn't go wrong. And there's no harm. I'm pro prenup. I I don't have a prenup, but I'm pro prenup. And it's just the same thing. Like protect yourself so that when things go in an unexpected direction, you have finite details and a plan to go with. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Did I say that right?
1: Did. Yes. That was actually good. That was one of the only like whatever's... I don't know what those things are called that we like actually got right the first time. <laughs> I'm also I laughing at everything that I specifically remember where I was like, if somebody offered me $10 for this business, I would sell tomorrow. I'm so over it. John was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not serious, but I am mad. I'm very over it.
0: That week, it was very heavy. And I know, I know you and you're not going to step away and like take a you day if you're not like in the mental headspace to do it. Like Robin, if she's in the weeds with something, she actually needs to get through it to be able to relax. Like she, stepping away and forcing herself to relax isn't actually going to work because then she knows she has to come back to it. The question in that moment is like, how can we get you through this so that you can step away and enjoy your weekend so that there's, there are boundaries and you can actually like get back to that place of balance. So. It's being a friend, it's being a human and just keeping someone mentally healthy so that your business remains mentally healthy or remains healthy in general and mentally healthy. Sure. Mental health is (laughs) good. All right. We hope that you felt like we properly pulled back the curtain on creating a solid business relationship. From our standpoint, we can say that it's not always easy, but it's always been worth it.
1: Thank you for joining another TikToks episode. If you're loving our content, we'd love and appreciate your support and feedback. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of
0: TikTok. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime,
1: if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year.
0: Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing.
1: Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.